What I have learned to stop doing is letting people start whenever the mood strikes them and then trying to rush and get stuff done on their timeline. Welcome to Gentle Frog's Bookkeeping Lilypad, your cozy corner of the podcasting world, where numbers tell a story and bookkeeping blossoms into an adventure. My name is Rachel Barnett, and I'm glad you're here. This podcast is for bookkeepers who enjoy authentic, unfiltered, and always encouraging friend to talk shop with. We will be discussing what it's like to own and operate a small bookkeeping business. I started to feel overwhelmed last weekend and I thought, oh my gosh, what have I done to myself? I have said yes to too many things. I started to think, oh, it's probably because I'm a people pleaser. But then I thought better of it and said, no, I'm not a people pleaser. I'm an opportunity seizer. So let me talk to you about some of the opportunities that have come about just in the last couple of months. Before I moved to Canada, I had a CPA that was amazing. He helped me with everything. When I moved, he said he didn't want to deal with cross-border taxes. And I said, that's no problem. We have stayed in touch and he ran across a client that needed about five years worth of data corrected. He referred that client to my team and I at General Frog. And I said, oh my gosh, this would be super great. This is a really fun opportunity because it's a chance to help someone who's going through a rough patch. I'm able to help the client get organized and straightened up. Also, because there's so much work to do, I'm able to pull in some of my amphibian allies. That's my funny way of describing the people who are part of my team, but not really a part of my team. My bookkeeping team consists of myself and Megan, but every so often we have more work than we can handle. Or an opportunity comes up where I can bring somebody into the fold, onto the lily pad, and help them get through a project and get some experience and get some guidance. I also get paid because everybody gets paid when they work with me. But it's a chance for me to reach back and lift someone up. So in the case of this client, there are now four of us working on the account. There's Cass and Anne. Then there's myself and Megan. The four of us have a really good rhythm and we're making it happen and I'm so excited. I'm looking at it and saying five years of bookkeeping is a lot of bookkeeping to get done. That feels overwhelming, but it's okay. It's not the first time I've done a big project like this and it certainly won't be the last, but it's one of those times where you stop and think, oh my gosh, what have I done? Am I okay that I've done this? The next opportunity that came up is with Bookkeep Anywhere, also known as 60 Day Bookkeeper. I have been coaching with 60 Day Bookkeeper for almost four years at this point. The founder has decided to try doing a cohort, taking a group of students through the entire program from beginning to end with weekly check-ins. The founder, Jenny, said, hey, Rachel, are you interested in helping with this? Because if you are, that'd be great. And I said, well, of course I am. I'm always interested in helping people get better, learn more, do a good job, find their confidence and have support. So within this cohort, I'm going to take a couple of the weekly calls where we go over the homework. What did they understand? What did they not understand? I'm also going to be one of the people that provides office hours. It's part of the money that they've already paid and we'll go over one-on-one the things that they're struggling with. This totally and completely fits within my wheelhouse. I do this all the time. I love doing this and I'm excited to be able to do this in a way that's going to be affordable for the students. So now I've got two relatively big projects. The next thing that comes up is the client who books a discovery call says, hey, you know what? I need to clean up my QuickBooks. I have a strong background in finance. I'm really good at Excel. I'm very passionate and very motivated to learn. Can you help me? So I said, yes. I have been considering 
putting together kind of a VIP experience for bookkeepers where I would take one bookkeeper under my wing or onto the lily pad, however you want to think about it, set up a Slack account for them so that they could get the support they needed in between phone calls, allow them to book two-ish calls per week, but walk them through all the things that they need to know to get the thing done that they're working on. I've really been working on this behind the scenes. I've asked people what they've gained from working with me, especially the people who work with me a lot. So this guy comes along and and he's not a bookkeeper. He's a business owner. And he's basically perfect for my experiment. And I said, yeah, we are a couple days into this project and I'm thrilled. I am so excited to help him. It's working out exactly as I had hoped. We've had a call. He's been able to send questions in Slack with pictures. I send back answers with pictures and tiny videos. He's able to move forward and I'm able to be on call, but he's respecting my time. He's not interrupting me and asking for help every moment of every day. He's just asking for clarification when he gets stuck on things. So I am really scratching the itch, the itch that says I want to be helpful and I want to do the magical thing for people. So I'm like, okay, there's three projects. The fourth project that came up, and I think four is probably somewhere in the area of my limit, is a client who we did a cleanup project for over the summer. They came to us and said, we've always had an in-house bookkeeper. We're going to grow. So we need to have somebody straighten up the rest of our loose ends and then also put some systems in place and maybe build like a handbook that we can keep internally. Later, after we have grown and things have kind of calmed down, we can make a determination. Do we continue to outsource the bookkeeping or do we bring it back in-house, but now with a handbook? And I'm like, well, of course. I love writing handbooks, not you will do this thing and yourself will be put away, but like, how do I do the thing to make my job work? To me, this feels different from an SOP. I have spent so many hours of my own time and paid people for so many hours of their time to create magical SOPs that I realize it's not how my brain works. I can't do it. I'm so thankful that Megan just, she just knows what I need and want. And I don't know how she does it. She's magic. It's magic. I'm thrilled. But what I can do is build a guide for somebody who is not a professional bookkeeper to work in an office and be successful. I started doing this many, many years ago. The 20-year-old version of me was incredibly broke. The 20-year-old version of me did bookkeeping as well as selling insurance. Whenever there would be turnover, you had to train the new person in the office. I liked the idea of writing how-to guides and handbooks and success manuals so much that I used to write them using Word and then later OneNote for these other offices. I would write it and it would be editable so they could customize it to their needs. So as I look at these things that I've committed to doing, I haven't really overcommitted because I have a team and then I have secondary layer of a team. I have the folks who are willing and able to help me if I need it. If you ever want to see who these folks are, if you ever want to see if you can borrow anybody's brain, you'll find the entire extended team on the General Frog About page, generalfrog.com forward slash about. It's very easy and very common to hear people say, I said yes because I'm a people pleaser. I don't think that's the case for us. I would describe myself as an opportunity Caesar. These aren't the only opportunities that we had. These are just the ones that I didn't want to say no to. When I get opportunities that aren't a good fit, these are situations that I refer out to friends and mentees. I know what my friends are really good at and know what they enjoy doing because we talk shop a lot. 
When I refer to mentees, it's because it's people that I have worked with a lot, people who have hired me for training. So I know where their strengths are. And I know sometimes where they lack in confidence, but where they're secretly good at things. When I look at opportunities for bookkeeping or potential bookkeeping clients reach out to me and say, hey, we want Jenna Frog to do our bookkeeping, I talk to Megan. Megan is my right hand and is my bookkeeper. Megan is an amazing combination of my right hand and my bookkeeper and a very strong extension of me. Some of the situations that I had mentioned at the beginning, the four things that led me to feel like maybe I'm overwhelmed and I need to pull in more people to help. Those were conversations that started in the summer. We'll get them started here. We'll work on them through here. We'll be done by here. You know that juggle that we all do where we plan out our workload? We definitely thought things would start in a different order than they did. So that's the magic of self-employment. You have to learn to roll with the punches and to adapt. Sometimes when we talk to potential clients, we let them know, yeah, we can help and we can work on this. But we have to start by here and we have to get all the documents by this date in order to finish this by whatever time it is we're hoping to finish. What I have learned to stop doing is letting people start whenever the mood strikes them and then trying to rush and get stuff done on their timeline. It's unfair to me and it's unfair to Megan. Megan and I have decided we're just not going to have that kind of stress anymore. We're going to let people know we can start here and you have to give us your documents right away. Or if you'd prefer, we can start later and give you a different timeline based on when you can give us your documents. If you're a bookkeeper listening to this, you know the documents aren't complicated. It's stuff like give us access to your point of sale or send us the reports. Give us your bank statement or give us accountant access. We're not looking for crazy complicated stuff here. We're just not magical mind readers. Over the weekend, I took a long walk and between popping into bookstores and consignment shops, I started thinking about my workload. By the time I got home, I was well on my way to freaking out. I decided it was time to set some boundaries for myself. So there's nothing I can do about the work that I've taken on. The best thing I can do is identify how the work is going to get done. For me, that turns into making a really clear list of what needs to get done, who is working on it. Is it waiting for me? Is it waiting for someone else? I also set boundaries with myself. I really want to make myself available for people. I love what I do. I'm good at what I do. People enjoy learning from me and I want to help them learn. So I usually make my acuity calendar show a ton of availability. Looking at my to-do list, especially after literally laying out a to-do list, I realized this was impractical. I needed to limit my acuity calendar and ask the amphibious allies for help. For the bookkeeping project, there's now a total of four of us working from the same to-do list. These are people that I have known and worked with for a little over a year at this point. We work as a team, we pitch in and pay each other for help when needed. I think it's important to bring up the fact that I don't use an offshore bookkeeping team. The bookkeepers that I use were all based in North America. Personally, I don't think it's fair to charge a client North American fees and then expect to be able to hire a professional and ask that professional to work for $5 an hour. When your client asks you if you have a team, you say yes. You shouldn't say, yeah, I have a team, and then strongly imply that your team is based somewhere than they aren't. I don't think it's fair for your client to have to ask you specifically, do you send my financial data overseas? I saw a post on LinkedIn that I liked a lot. It's a bookkeeping firm that says we're hiring. We need a US-based private equity accountant with experience. And then it goes on to describe the needs. 
The president of the bookkeeping firm goes on to say, does anybody know an accountant with private equity experience that might be looking for a flexible full-time position? She then goes on to say, note, this is for U.S.-based workers only. I understand there are qualified workers all over the world. However, the commitment I've made to my clients is that all of their information and their work will remain here in the U.S. and not be outsourced elsewhere. I think that's powerful and I think it's huge. I think that if you're going to outsource your work overseas, you need to be incredibly upfront to your clients and let them know. Let them make the decision where they want their data. I hire, refer, and support other bookkeepers because it's the right thing to do and because I've benefited from others helping me. If you're a bookkeeper listening to this, I challenge you to ask yourself, how can you reach back and lift someone up? If you're hiring offshore, I'll ask you to consider giving a newbie a chance. You once benefited from someone giving you a chance. I've mentioned this before and I'll mention it again. I regularly refer business to other bookkeepers, specifically those in my inner circle and the regulars who hire me for training. This is not a sales pitch. This is just a fact. The folks who hire me a lot, most of them end up breaking even after a while because I get to know them. I make introductions and sometimes I sell jobs on their behalf. The example I'm thinking of is a really nice bookkeeper in the Midwest. I knew her strengths. I had an opportunity to do a very easy, very simple catch-up project. I knew the client would never just happen to stumble across her. So I got a sense of the scope of work. I quoted it if I were to do it, and I quoted it if she were to do it. And the client said, yeah, no problem. I'm totally fine to work with a mentee or a less experienced person. I understand we all start somewhere, and really, this is not the sort of thing that can be messed up. So I I let her know the good news. I said, hey, I've got this project, the situation for you. She said, no problem. And then we set up a Slack account just so her and I could communicate about the project as she was working through it. This is one of those examples of situations where I'm going out of my way to give back and help others. I'm telling you this because sometimes there's something so easy that you can do that will make a tremendous impact for someone else. There are times when you help others out because you can, because you know that what goes around comes around. In this case, I ended up helping two people, the client who needed the thing on a budget and the bookkeeper who needed experience. What I got out of it was the ability to weasel out of doing something that would have been a bit boring for me. You'll hear me talk about it a lot, but the reason I am where I am today is because people did the same thing for me. People said, yeah, I could do this, but I have plenty on my plate and I can send a few things someone else's way because I know it'll make a difference for them. I'm so grateful for all the people who did that for me, who said I can share a little bit of the extra and I think it'll make a difference. The fact is it did. Other ways that I have given back, and you might find value in this yourself, was that I had volunteered to teach a basics of QuickBooks Online class for my local SCORE office. SCORE is the nonprofit arm of the SBA. I did this for about six years. It was an interactive workshop where I went up to the front of the room, and for three hours, I would walk people through the basics of QuickBooks Online. How do you pull up your profit and loss? How do you pull up your balance sheet? How do you make an invoice? How do you make a sales receipt? How do you reconcile your checkbook? I didn't do this because I had a strong desire for public speaking. I think I may have had less than zero desire. My square mentor said, you know what? You know QuickBooks and we really need someone to teach small business owners how to use QuickBooks. I said, I don't know what to teach. I've never done this sort of thing. I don't know even where to begin. So my square mentor said, no problem. He had been a corporate executive for his whole career. He was like, I'm gonna make you a bunch of slides. I'm gonna make you a slideshow, a PowerPoint. I will identify the things that people need to learn and then you can just go stand in the front and teach it. Well, fantastic. 
my score mentor is the best. I think I overwhelmed every single person in those first handful of classes. Everything that he had ever learned about QuickBooks or everything that he thought was incredibly important for small business owners to know, they were in those slides. As the years progressed, I narrowed this down and narrowed this down and came up with something that was much, much simpler. We would use Craig's landscape and design and have everybody loaded up open it, and then we go through exercises together. Together, everyone, everybody in the room to collapse the profit and loss. I want to talk to you about what you see. I want to show you how I can drill down in the numbers. I made it into an experience where everybody or almost everybody came away feeling like they learned a thing and they could take action and they could do a thing. While I did get better at public speaking, I still got really nervous. And so eventually as my business grew and as I was no longer growing from the experience of teaching, I decided it was time to pass the baton. So where I was teaching once a month for six years, I said, this is my time to kind of back away slowly and bow out. Instead of just saying, peace out, I'm so glad I met you, see you bye. I had my designer create a set of my handouts, but unbranded. I reached out to other bookkeepers in my network and I said, hey, this can be done remotely via Zoom. Who else wants to stretch and grow yourself and practice speaking from the comfort of a volunteer position? People paid for the course. They paid $50 or $60 for three hours. That's a pretty good deal. As educators, we would volunteer, but we would get a chance to put our name out there. No marketing, no soliciting, none of that obnoxiousness. But we could express like, here's who I am. Here's how you can find me. I want to teach you a thing. Get some practice. Get a sense of what people are stuck on and not understanding so that we could get better about teaching. Like I can teach better if I keep hearing the same questions over and over again. Then I know I need to explain that concept in different or better detail. I'm thrilled. When I left, I had referred two other people to teach the workshop. I shared my internal notes. I shared the unbranded handouts. And I shared a video of the workshop so that other people could see how I ran it. They can go adapt and do whatever magic with it that they want. I encourage people to take the slides, to take the idea and put their own spin on it. Just like I was able to put my own spin on the comprehensive and I would say slightly overwhelming slides that I was given to start with. I recognize that this podcast is new and I'm still finding my footing. But if the idea of this podcast resonates with you, I'm going to ask you to do two things. First, I'm going to ask you to join my Facebook group, Gentle Frogs Bookkeeping Lilypad. Chat with us, interact with us. I want to keep the conversation going. I really want to have a place for small businesses and new businesses and people who are not trying to build an enterprise to hang out. You'll absolutely see and hear, and I give credit to every single person that helps me, but I'm really a small business. When you look at the about page and you say, oh my gosh, there's so many people here. Seriously, like Megan and I work some version of three-quarter time, maybe full-time for me. Everybody else on the about page, they work somewhere between a half an hour a week to maybe 15 hours a week. I'm incredibly grateful to have people who are available to do the thing that I need them to do but aren't relying on me to be their primary source of income. I very much believe myself to be a small business with a small team. I'm never going to lie to you and describe my business as a solo business because that's not the case. I am the only trainer on my team, except for the times that I get busy and refer people to Erica. I am one half of the bookkeeping team, except for the times when I'm creating courses, when I become one fourth of the bookkeeping team and Megan becomes three fourths of the bookkeeping team. The other thing that I'm going to recommend for you or ask you to consider 
My Facebook group is going to be just for bookkeeping business owners to talk about owning and operating a bookkeeping business. It is not going to be a place where we answer how do I QuickBooks questions or any of that other stuff. If you find that you like the vibe of the podcast, the people helping people, but you also want an element of brainstorming, QuickBooks support, zero support, whatever else, I'm going to ask you to take a look at Seth David's group. Seth David owns a company called Nerd Enterprises. He has a group called 97 and Up. I have been part of the 97 and Up group for many, 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 many years, more years than I can count. It is a private group that meets via Zoom twice a week. It has an incredibly active Slack group. You can definitely Google it and find access to the group, but I'll put my affiliate link in the show notes. I'm not recommending it because I'm hoping a bunch of people sign up and pay for my own membership via the affiliate link. I am recommending it because it's one of the groups that has helped me. One of the things that I do is I have a YouTube channel. One of the ways that I'm able to do that is that I know how to edit my videos in Camtasia. I don't edit them in Camtasia anymore. I have Carlos. But the reason I even know how to do it is because I joined 97 and up. When I joined the group, I got a handful of courses. One of the courses I got was how to edit your stuff in Camtasia. One of the less tangible things that I got was a chance to get to know and make friends. There's a whole pile of people that I'll probably never meet in person that are there to support and celebrate with me, to answer my questions when I do something stupid and can't find my menu in Google Sheets, or to help me when I'm stuck on a QuickBooks thing, or to brainstorm with me about content to create. I think the theme of today's podcast is that I'm not a people pleaser, I'm an opportunity seizer. And the second thing, and I think this is going to be a recurring theme, is that I'm very grateful for the people around me and I want other people to know about the people that I'm grateful for. I'm going to call them out. I'm going to show you where you can find them. If it's a group I belong to, I'm going to mention the group. It's not that everything I do will resonate with everybody. It's that someone mentioned these groups to me and that's why I know about them. As always, you can find me at gentlefrog.com on the Facebook group, or you can email me at rachel at gentlefrog.com. Before I close out this podcast, I'm curious. I would love it if you'd pop into the Facebook group and just let us know how you've been helped by others. This is going to be more of a kudos thing, but also a chance where you might inspire someone to be helpful in a way that they didn't know was significant. Sometimes just holding the door open for someone makes a big difference in the other person's life. Sometimes it's something as simple as suggesting that someone join a group or who knows what. So I want to know, what has someone done to help you? Maybe this will inspire someone else to do something to help someone in a way they didn't even know was helpful. Thanks and have a great day.